I, I think that like recognizing it's a open-ended process mm-hmm. grief is you know yeah. he's he's made a big impact on me in that regard because he's like I haven't gotten better like, right. <laughs> like you know, don't you just like get over your mom dying right it goes in a big circle right and he has yeah. good days and he has hard days yeah. we talk about that Welcome to Real FM Rewind, B-Side, where we hit the rewind button to catch up and pause to go a little deeper. Here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hey, welcome back. It's Real FM Rewind, B-Side, where we hit the rewind button to catch up and go a little bit deeper. I'm Kara, here with Anson and Isaac. Hello. We're hanging out and uh, trying to deal with our allergies, so apologies (laughs) if we clear our throats a whole bunch. Sorry, guys. (laughs) But yeah, I'm going to kick us off with On Repeat. What is On Repeat for me this week? And honestly, for like the past month, is the song I Ain't Worried by One Republic. I ain't worried about it right now. Probably heard this song a few thousand times. One Republic? (laughs) Not familiar with these. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That, yes, like this song is so crazy catchy. It was a part of the brand new Top Gun movie. A little bit of fun backstory on that. While this movie was being developed, apparently Tom Cruise had like 30 different people submit songs for this beach scene wow. in this movie. That was like a big deal. And because he's Tom Cruise. Because right. he's Tom Cruise. And he can get 30 course. different of people course. to do that, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he wanted an original song specifically written for this scene and turned down 30 people okay. and then approached One Republic. Ryan Tedder is their lead and asked if he would be willing to give it a shot. It's like Tom Cruise held his own personal like American Idol yeah. series. I know. <laughs> I'm mad that my song that I did submit did not oh, get picked. I'm sorry. I'm on a beach with Tom Cruise. Cruise was the title. <laughs> he didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, Needed more whistling, probably. Yeah, probably. that's that probably what it, it was. Yeah. I didn't know a lot about One Republic, but they were here in concert this summer as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And I got to go see them. And then I was like, oh, they're kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, well, bet. Ryan Tedder, their front man, has actually written a lot of songs over the years for like some crazy famous people. Oh, uh, yeah. He's a good songwriter. He's a really yeah. good songwriter. And so he did a whole set during this concert that was like, hey, here's some top 10 songs I've written. <laughs> like just sang these songs. So we've got like Burn by Ellie Goulding, Halo by Beyonce, Rumor Has It by Adele, Taylor Swift songs, Kelly Clarkson, Maroon 5. Like the list goes on. Oh, I'm my like, gosh. This guy is insanely talented. Mm. It's one of those people that you can tell when you're watching Mm -hmm. him on a stage. He's playing the piano. He's all over the place. He's singing. He's whistling. You know, it's funny because I feel like a lot of like major mainstream acts like One Republic kind Uh of get this rap. Uh, They're fine. Right. Like they're not that impressive. You got to find something like more niche to find like the really talented gym kind of people. Uh, And I'm not saying there aren't those also. Yeah. But. For the most part, people don't get to that level <laughs> yeah. unless, unless they're, they're really, really talented, yeah. you know, yeah. and sometimes that can get hidden in like the pop commercial music yes. machine. Yeah. And you just fair. hear a track on the radio and you don't yeah. really recognize that. Yeah. But I do think like when you show up at a concert and you hear someone mm. like that sing, you mm-hmm. hear a Taylor Swift or like, you know, yeah. and then you go like. Okay, there's a reason why they got to this level, (laughs) and it's because they do have an insane amount of talent. We interrupt this program to bring you a pause. Yeah, so I'm hitting the pause button this week. Monday was Queen Elizabeth's funeral. Yes. And Queen Elizabeth obviously has been in the news for the past couple of weeks. But I think there's some really interesting phenomenons that we've seen culturally and socially as a result of Queen Elizabeth's death. Obviously, it's gotten a ton of attention. Mm-hmm. There's been some interesting conversations around 
imperialism and colonialism and some of these kind of like feelings left over from like the mm. British Empire's like history right. um, that people in Africa or like developing nations have had kind of some conflicted feelings about sure. the passing of the queen and what she not so much did personally, I don't think, but more along the lines of like what she represents. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so there's been some complicated feelings uh, across the world about her death, certainly in the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. There's been a major outpouring of collective grief. Yeah. And probably to some of us, Americans especially, we kind of look at that and kind of scratch our heads at times maybe and go, what's the deal with this <laughs> whole like queen situation right. and the yeah. royal family? And we just don't really identify, I think, with our United Kingdom brothers and sisters and friends of like right. Right, having this royal figure that is so beloved and so cherished that it, when this person dies, it results in an outpouring of grief. Yeah, right. Like the closest we get, you know, our presidents, half the people in the country would be overjoyed if they died and half right. people would be grieving. <laughs> Maybe like a Betty White or like yeah. some sort of like beloved classic yeah. celebrity That's that most true. everyone agrees on is awesome yeah. is like the closest we could get it's a right. good point still doesn't really come close to right the queen of england right no. but i think perhaps the most interesting part of all of this to me personally is how her death has kind of brought an important issue to the forefront mm -hmm. and that is how our culture and other cultures around the world handle death and grief mm -hmm. because I was reading an article the other day from NBC that was talking about how bereavement experts are hoping that the queen's death might spur on some conversations mm -hmm. about the sometime awkward relationship that our culture has with dying. Mm -hmm. And I think this is even true for us as Christians. You know, I think sometimes we as churchgoers might think like grief is a sign of weakness, right? Because we have this eternal hope. And, right. and so if we're looking forward to that, maybe that should mitigate our grief somewhat right mm. and there actually are kind of ancient christian offshoots like the stoics and things that really put a lot into this idea of kind of having a stiff upper lip and, mm. and not letting grief overwhelm you uh, they but sound even, fun <laughs> yeah even more broadly just in the culture there are things that have changed over time about how we process grief. Mm -hmm. And so my wife and I were having a conversation about this, how you, you look back across history and there were some very like clear, defined, kind of intense grieving rituals yep. that cultures took part mm -hmm. in, yep. right? And even the least intense involved wearing black and ripping your clothes and dumping ashes on yourself and right. sitting in a pile of ashes for like maybe a couple weeks yeah. right. when someone close to you died. Right. Yeah. I mean, this was a, a big thing that required a big public display of grief yeah. mm -hmm. that other people participated in with you. Right. And I feel like in our current culture, like grief is much more individualized, mm -hmm. right? When someone oh, dies, yeah. that's close to you. You know, if you're a widow, everyone kind of, you know, brings you casseroles and shows up to the funeral mm. and says they're sorry. Yeah. But ultimately like you're the one that's grieving and you, you kind of are expected to do it in the privacy of your own home, I yeah. think, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. You, you look sad out in public, you have a funeral, but outside of that, we don't have these same rituals that we used to no. uh, throughout history. So I just, I think it's really interesting to bring up this conversation and ask some questions about how are we doing with mm. grief? How can we better support people mm -hmm. who are grieving? So I'm kind of just curious, have you been in situations where maybe you've been grieving or you've had family members or friends who have gone through really difficult things? And what was your experience like perhaps as a friend or family member trying to support them through that? Did it feel awkward? Did it feel weird? Was mm -hmm. it hard to know what to do? Mm -hmm. What have been your experiences with 
going through grief yourself or supporting other people who have experienced grief? Yeah, when my best friend's mom died, who I grew up with as well, um, it was insanely hard to even really know what to do. And I think we kind of both embraced that together in the just weirdness of it all. Um, I showed up to his mom's wake and the funeral home that it was being held at was way at capacity. Like mm. there were people out the door. Rachel was a fantastic woman. Yeah. And I, upon seeing my buddy Jake, whose mom had died, um, he and I have gone to concerts together all the time. I said, man, they way overbooked this thing. And he like, we both just kind of like <laughs> laughed together and we oh. hugged and it was it was tough. Um, yeah. And I, I think that there's really no right or wrong way to go into it, especially if you're just like that close to it. Yeah. I think that whatever your response is, there's yeah. a lot of grace built into that. Yeah. But I think largely like what he did appreciate was the space to just be a little bit of a mess for a while. Yeah. And. I think a lot of people got that. Mm. And I, I think that like recognizing it's a open-ended process mm. grief is That's good. You know, yeah. he's, he's made a big impact on me in that regard because he's like, I haven't gotten better. Like, right. <laughs> like you know, don't you just like get over your mom dying. Right? right. It goes in a big circle. Right. And he has yeah. good days and he has hard days. The holidays are hard for him. And yeah. we talk mm. about that. So that was eye opening for me for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I can think of a few different examples in my life of, especially of people who like died prematurely or unexpectedly. Right. As a young adult, I, I had just moved to a new community and there was this guy I didn't really know super well, but I knew enough about him and of him. And I knew he was like extremely well liked and he was just a pillar in the community and he died in a motorcycle accident. And mm -hmm. I remember kind of the shockwave that went through the community. Mm -hmm. And yet at these kind of funerals, when it's in a Christian setting, I do feel like sometimes there's a little bit of a, a tendency to like try to rush past the sad part yeah. and like hurry up and get to the, but it's going to be okay. Cause we'll see him in heaven. Like, right. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. and I think that that can be a disservice to people who are mm -hmm. grieving Yeah, because yeah. it does take time. And if you don't stop and actually acknowledge that it's going to create some problems for you later on. Like, yeah. and I feel like that's our tendency in the West and even the British, I would say normally mm -hmm. kind of have this tendency. So it's been really interesting to see this come out of them for the yeah. queen to see them kind of put that aside. It's not healthy yeah. to not let yourself feel the sadness. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier this weekend's in that verse that says we don't grieve as those who have no hope. But it doesn't say that we don't grieve right. at all. Right. <laughs> grief is important and it's part of life. And like we all have to deal with it at some point, mm -hmm. but we're not really taught how. Right. Very and well. I think most of us probably when we stop and think about it, we probably know that, yes, grief is OK. It matters. It's an important part right. of the process. I mean, Jesus grieving Lazarus, even though he literally knows that he himself is about to raise the guy from the dead, yeah, I know. is about as clear of an example as we could possibly get that right. grief is important that sure. it matters that it's valid right yes, totally. but how right. like right. how i feel like is really hard to figure out totally. and probably partially because it looks different for a lot of different people yeah, there right. isn't just this one formula right but if there was one thing i were to pick out from kind of reading about elizabeth and that stands out to me it's all of these experts talking about doing it together yes the power of collective grief yes. over being alone mm -hmm. is a huge huge deal it mm -hmm. is and i think back to any time i've experienced grief like a grandparent dying or, or someone like that after the funeral the the most like cathartic moment was all of us kind of extended family sitting in a hotel conference room <laughs> in a bunch of chairs 
playing cards, yeah. having a good time and talking about yeah. our loved one together. That collective processing and just being with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But I was reading a Twitter thread actually a few weeks ago before Elizabeth had passed away. And it was from a mom who had lost her daughter, I think it was, who's under the age of 10 to mm. cancer, like horrible thing. Jeez. And it had been about a year. And she was basically just saying, you know, when my daughter died, I received this huge outpouring of, of support from people. I got more casseroles than I could possibly eat before they went bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now it's been a year and I have no one to talk to. Ugh. Right. And I think, you know, we all want to help someone in the middle of something right. when something big happens and we don't know what to do. So we bring them food right? and not that bringing people food is a bad thing, but there were like just tons of people who replied to that thread and said, say, I feel the same way. Like wow. my child died or my husband died or my wife died or whatever. And everyone you know, brought me flowers and food and cards and things Mm. for like a week or two after it happened. And then maybe a few more did a month or so after it happened. Mm. And then within a couple months, it felt like it dried up. Right. And now I'm sitting alone at night in my home without this person here and just really, really struggling. Yeah. Right. And it just made me think your friend, Isaac, you, you said it like a year or so on, or a couple years on, like that grief doesn't just dissipate. Like right. it, it's a mm-hmm. long-term process. Mm-hmm. And I think the number one thing that we can do for our friends and family is just to go be with them yeah. yep. and not just for the first week. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that maintaining this idea that you get over it and it's a temporary thing is really detrimental to all of us, especially our friends who are going through it. And mm-hmm. we'll go through it eventually. I mean, yeah. hopefully Everybody. it's going to be a long time before any of us in here loses a parent or loses someone close to us. But we're gonna, right. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to have this idea that you can kind of front load all of the support. <laughs> and and yeah. if and if 100 people come to your house in about a week, uh, they, we'll, we'll right. top you off. That should last you a good long time. I don't think it works that way, clearly. And I think that Mm -hmm. we need to have a better social system for, ah, you know, Isaac's having a hard day today. Like, Mm. I get it. How do we support him? Right. How do we support him in that? We have this expectation almost that you should get over it. Yes. And I don't think that we would ever say it that way. No, No. but I I think what it really is, even more so, at least for me personally, Mm -hmm. and maybe you guys are different, but I don't think it's so much even that. Oh, Isaac should just get over it. Right. It's just uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. Like right. I just don't, we, I just yeah. don't know what to do. I'm yeah. afraid of doing and saying the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. And because it's uncomfortable bringing someone a casserole and then leaving uh-huh. is a way of saying like, here, I, I care about you. I want to help, but I don't know what really to do, I don't know what to do. or say. And so I don't want to like stick around and be uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I think that is probably what it comes down to yeah. is like, are we willing to, to be, be uncomfortable, uncomfortable yep. to step into somebody else's space where they're really uncomfortable yeah. and and have to feel a little bit of that discomfort and anxiety yeah. ourselves yeah. for the sake of that person that we care about. Yeah. I feel like there's one cultural practice that we could do well to adopt. It's a Jewish practice called sitting Shiva. Basically, when a person goes through a big catastrophic um, loss of some kind, you go to their house and you just sit with them. <laughs> And then the idea is that you mirror whatever emotions they're feeling. So if they're crying, you cry. If they're laughing, you laugh because it's okay to laugh when you're in grief too. It's literally just being present, sitting with them. And so I think that's a really helpful one. Like we don't know what to say. We don't want to say the wrong thing. So instead, be a mirror. Follow their lead. If they're telling stories about the person, ask questions, follow up, tell a story. I like that. It sounds like you did a really good job of that with your Mm. friend, Isaac. So I think that... 
is really what we need. We need people to sit with us in it Mm -hmm. and then to follow back up and ask us about it later. And I feel like I've had friends do that for me. And that's been the most powerful thing. Hmm. Fast forward. Now it's time for fast forward. This is where we wrap it up with something we're looking forward to in the coming week. So guys, I have a wife that is notoriously not really into music all oh, that much, uh-huh. which is kind of a funny thing because I am all about music. <laughs> it's uh-huh. funny. More of a podcast kind of person, but she does have like a handful of artists she does like. Yeah. And the other day we were just talking about how, well, we should really go see someone you like soon because she's been to like three concerts in her oh, entire wow. life. Okay. She really likes the artist L King. She's a blues sort of rock country artist, mm. kind of girl power anthem. Nice. Like, yeah, we found out as we were sitting there saying we should go sometime soon to a concert. You like L King is literally playing Bentonville at a festival this coming weekend. What? So Brie has won, never been to a music event with someone she really, really likes. Oh, Okay. And two, Bree's never been to a music festival of any kind. Uh, have you guys have I, you done music festival? I'm not sure if I actually have. A couple years ago, okay. but not recently. Yeah. They are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I kind of had to tell her like, okay, look, don't look at what we just spent on tickets because mm. they're expensive and you're going to scream. Um, <laughs> but we're going to go on Saturday because it worked out that there's also some bands I want to see there. I guess Northwest Arkansas is trying to do their own version of South by Southwest. Uh, They're marketing this thing as like a tech and music festival thing. So it's going to be this crazy, (laughs) way overdone, whole shebang event. And I'm pumped to have Brie have that experience. Because I think that that everyone likes music. They just haven't found who they like yet. And that's kind of why I love Real FM. And the premise of it is that we get to maybe introduce someone to an artist they will... Yeah, absolutely love and be obsessed with. Mm. Um, but I think Brie is going to have a good time. So awesome. I hope you guys do have a good time. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Yeah. I'm hoping to maybe control my spending on her behalf because <laughs> I, I just go crazy at festivals. I inevitably will come home and be like, OK, I have to like put one foot in the door and be like, hey, did you looked at our bank yet? <laughs> no, you haven't? OK, hi. hi. This is going to be a good mitigating force for yes. you. Like, it's going to be good. One $30 yeah. t-shirt, Isaac. Yes. You only need one. Awesome. Anson thinks that festival t-shirts are just $30. Uh, <laughs> that's very that's fun. Cute. I hope that. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for Real FM Rewind for this week. Hope you guys have a tubular weekend. (laughs) Beautiful. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Real FM Rewind. Make sure to check out all of our podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. And don't forget, be kind and rewind. Rewind.